0: They should have named these episodes so much stun gun and so much more stun gun. (laughs) There's even a scene where like tech sniper stun guns someone, like he really takes his time to stun him. Taking the stun gun to a whole nother level. It's a great sound effect though.
1: everyone, to Krypton to Alderaan. I'm Joey, your Star Wars lover, and with me is Royish Good Looks. Hello, podcast galaxy. (laughs) And Joey. Hello. And we're the podcast that talks all about nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. And this episode, we're here to talk about the season two premiere of The Bad Batch. But first... If you'd like to get in touch with us, reach out with your feelings, just search Krypton to Alderaan on any social media platform, or you can pew pew us an email at Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. Please also consider, consider and then also just go and do it. Uh, leave us a review wherever you're listening. And finally, please share with your friends. Do you know someone who likes Star Wars? Do you know someone who likes animation? Do you know someone who enjoys wild and wacky hijinks? Royce, would you say that we have wild and wacky hijinks?
0: Yeah. Or does all that get edited out? <laughs> yeah. And distortion when people get too angry and or inebriated.
1: Yeah. Do you like distortion? <laughs> or do you know someone that would like distortion? Well, then they'll love this podcast. In conclusion, please tell your friends about our show. 2023 would be great to... Well, you know what? It would be great to to for for twenty twenty three to go better than it started for me, and more listeners would really, really help with that. So, if you could pass the word around, that would be great. Thanks a lot, Royce. How's it going? How has your
0: 2023 been so far? I can't complain, man. I'm on my little, like, you know, sabbatical in between semesters, and I'm writing new music, and I'm having a grand old time showing off my Mandalorian helmet. So I'm I'm living, you know, my best life. I'm sorry to hear you're not doing so well, but I hope you enjoyed <laughs> me showing off my Mandalorian helmet. Thanks, Jay, if you're listening. I loved
1: it, and I love living vicariously through you for all of those things. I'm only, I shouldn't start off by being so negative. I'm only saying that because I'm sick. It can only get better from here. That's exactly what I have here in my notes to say. I had to write it down to force myself to say it. (laughs) I guess it's like apropos. I'm I'm literally sick of the past three years. (laughs) So that's where I'm at. Had a good holiday season though and coming around. So here we are. Okay, so we are here to talk about the first two episodes of The Bad Batch Season 2, Spoils of War and Ruins of War. Ah, I see what they did there. Uh, Two-parter. I loved that this is a two-parter. I love these, like, multi-part premieres, and I'm I'm pretty excited. It's got me pretty excited for the sort of two-part premiere, two-part mid-season thing, and then the two-part finale. And I'm excited for a multitude of other reasons. But let's start off this way. Royce, what did you think of these two episodes?
0: Yeah, I love the two-episode premiere. That always reminds me of, like, 24 always had the first two hours, you know? And The Bad Batch is back in... I was going to say rare form. That's not the right thing And its usual form. (laughs) Yeah, I was excited for it and it delivered. I don't really have a lot of complaints. What was your initial reaction to it?
1: My initial reaction was about the same. So it's interesting because we talked a little bit on our last episode about you sort of getting more into Star Wars animation. And I have always been there. So I was very excited for the second season of this show to premiere. I also agree that it delivered. I was very happy and it left me like I would say most of the Star Wars television shows have left me. After the season premiere, I immediately wanted more, which would suck to say otherwise, but sometimes that does happen. But like I would have sat there and and watched the whole season Hmm. if it had been released all at once. That's where I was by the end. Here's a little synopsis of the premiere. Months have passed since the events that culminated in the destruction of Tipoca City. We meet back up with our ragtag team of defective clones as they're pulling in off an undisclosed job for a client of Sid's. new character, Fee Genoa, voiced by Wanda Sykes. At this point, we don't learn all that much about her, but I do have a feeling that she's going to play an important role in the rest of the season. Upon their return to Ord Mantel, Sid proposes a job pilfering Count Dooku's war chest from his castle on Sereno, The incentive for the batch being that their cut from one crate would be enough to buy their freedom. Sid finally convinces Hunter to take the job by telling him that it's only a matter of time before the Empire shuts down her operation, which I think is very important, and that he needs a plan for when that happens. Okay, that's enough of that. Listeners, go watch the episodes. <laughs> they're great. The heist ensues. Things go wrong. blah di blah Let's get into our reactions and breakdowns. So... Royce, the first thing that struck me in the first episode was how Spoils of War starts off so fun. And it looked amazing. The animation looks incredible. We start right off on this paradise planet, brightly lit. We're on the beach, the colors Batch being chased by the crab things. <laughs> you know, just really fun and really beautiful. And it uh, just was like, the animation looks so good.
0: Yeah, we were talking about, like, what animated show would we make? And I was like, I want a Gungan show with pretty colors. And like, that pretty much was that. Wow, yeah, that's that. Super bright and colorful intro for, like, the Bad Batch, which should be kind of, like, gritty and dirty. Also, did you notice mm. that their uniforms have new colors? Or... Is that just me? Yes. But like, they look like they painted no. everything.
1: Yeah, they repainted their uniform, their uh, armor. And I think they look great. You know, Omega's a little bit aged up. It's been a little bit of time and she's got a new, you know, a sort of new uniform with a helmet and stuff. Gotta sell new toys. Well, true. And I see, I don't, I didn't even think about that. I was just like so absorbed in the, wow, these look great. And probably also like, I would buy this new set of Funkos or figures or whatever. (laughs) Because I I also really like, there's a lot of yellow and orange and I kind of love that. Like you said, though, it shows that time has passed. Yep. So, like you said, taking the bad out of the batch and starting off in this, like, whereas the first season started off with Order 66, which is this very heavy thing, Mm. you know, even for animation, it was the massacre of the Jedi and they're chasing little Caleb Dune through the forest. And this one starts off with like, we went over the plan five times. The first thing that happens is Echo runs out onto the beach and falls into the water, which upon second viewing, I noticed
0: and had a good laugh. There's a lot of comedic beats. That's like, I don't remember the first season being that funny. I mean, I guess I didn't like rewatch it super in depth, but, It was really funny. A lot of funny moments.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, like, Tech and Echo were also funny in the first season, but we didn't get as much time with them Mm. then as we... It's almost like we got more time with Tech and Echo in these two episodes than we did in the entire first season. So let's fast-forward some, and they take this job raiding Dooku's war chest on Sereno. Omega goes with Tech and Echo and originally Wrecker and not Hunter. Hunter is set up to make their diversion if they need one. And that was a change because we're getting Omega with other characters of the show. We're focusing on other characters of the show, which is really nice. And I love Tech and Echo. So it was great to see. Then the heist goes wrong. They're crashing to Earth. Did anyone? I'm, I'm sure that everyone had a panic pearl-clutching Nemec's death moment. I-, I was so worried about tech, and they just did this to us. I had major flashbacks to Nemec's death during that whole cargo container crash sequence.
0: Yeah, I noticed that too. I, in general, I thought it was really cool when they disengaged all those cargo units. They fell out of the sky. I was like, whoa! I was listening to headphones, and Robin was like, what's going on? I was like, you're not going to care about this. But like, I just looked cool when it disengaged... <laughs> all those electromagnetic cargo things or whatever. Yeah, and then they fall, and then you're like, oh, are they, of course they're going to be fine. They made it seem like they were going to, that's where the episode ends, the first one. They're going to crash to the ground and, like, blow up. But they were fine. I really did like the line from Tech where they're like, are you okay? He's like, well, my femur is fractured by 100 pounds of pressure, so no. It was, like, (laughs) so dry, but, like, okay, that's pretty funny.
1: He's got a lot of those dry lines. That's what I like about his character so much. Like, the just, like, deadpan, this situation is not ideal kind of lines. We might be sucked
0: out into oblivion, but I'm seldom wrong. So, not to worry. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I was worried that they would start, like, taking those kinds of risks with this show, though.
0: Killing off a major character in the first episode?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Who knows? You flip the genre on its head or whatever. No, I was was pretty worried. But like I said, I do love that the show seems to be giving more characters more time. Or giving the characters at all more time. One of my biggest critiques of the first season was that a lot of stuff happened and a lot of canon, maybe more lore-heavy stuff was going on. But the characters never seemed to have time to react to a situation or say what they needed to. To say, especially in the finale, right in the finale of season one, at moments when Cross is like, "You made the wrong choice," and no one else is like, "No, you made the wrong choice." Like that conversation was never had.
0: I don't, maybe there was a conversation with Lucasfilm that they're like, "Andor is going to like slow down and have more dialogue and like explore all these new themes," and the Bad Batch is still going to be a light-hearted animated series. But maybe that's part of the plan is like to make everything a little bit more deep and wide, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe because this was so
1: much more I didn't really notice it until it happened in these episodes. It adds so much more what's the right word? It makes it so much more personal or human I guess. It makes it so much more like relatable and human when the characters are interacting in this way. The sequence of scenes on Sereno with Romar, who's like the native Serenian, he's housing Tech and Echo and Omega after Tech breaks his leg. He and Tech are having this conversation about fixing Romar's broken data core that like has an archive of Serenian culture. Right, right. And Tech says something like a separatist archive, and Romar says not separatist, Serenian. We did exist before the war, and Tech says, "I never thought of it like that." I mean, showing that they were programmed as soldiers and they were not programmed to like unnecessarily understand the people in the galaxy. But this adds such like a human level to the character and they're like spending time in this moment and they're spending time with this idea and tech is like reacting to this conversation. Oh, you're teaching me something. I've never thought of it that way. It's building on something bigger, kind of deprogramming the clones or adding to like, Can the Bad Batch, can clones exist out in the galaxy after war or maybe even like during a war that maybe they don't want to fight because all they ever done is fought in a war. And if they Mm -hmm. are able to like learn and deprogram, then maybe they can go. I mean, we know from Rebels that Rex and Gregor and Wolf are fishing out in the desert instead of like fighting with the Rebels. So they get maybe they get to the point where they're like, we actually have a choice And we can go and not fight a war. And so I really love them taking those moments. And I hope we see more of that throughout the series.
0: Yeah, you got to build the characters and, and, and give those moments where you're like, I didn't realize that the Mandalorian could have feelings. I didn't realize Boba Fett could have feelings, you know, like to subvert what you think of a character, you know? I can't believe that Luke Skywalker could be depressed. You're like, yeah, this is like they live a life and they have experiences and they open up to a new world and like, wink, wink, viewer, maybe you too. Wink, wink, can grow and learn new things over time and, you know, uh, appreciate different cultures and whatnot. I don't think they're beating you over the head with it. But like you said, there's nice world building there. Like that guy that's like, I had a home and now I got to live in the woods and this is all that's left of my people. and. They don't even realize, like, what it is at first. You know, they're like, it's just a data log of separatist planets. He's like, no, it's Mm -hmm. my cultural history in a box or whatever. And then who knows? Like, tech's like, I'm going to help you fix it. He could have, like, learned some stuff through that or copied data from it or something. Like, you never know.
1: That would be such a cool thing for tech to get inspired to do, like, chronicle the cultures of these, like, people that were devastated by the empire or war in some other way. Like that would be, that's maybe some fan fiction
0: or yeah. something going forward. You had mentioned like, do they set up the path? Yeah. Like that could be something cool that he's like, we know all these struggling people cause we've been doing these jobs and we tend to, for some reason we tend to always run into like the, you know, down and out. So they obviously are going to be cataloging more of these people as they go, you know? That's true. It, it could lead to the
1: beginning of stages of the path. Like I, hoped that kind of thing would happen. So that would be cool. The
0: path or rebellion, whatever it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or both.
1: Who knows? So I'm going to fast forward a little bit again. There's kind of one more part of the episode that really stood out to me in both the terms of the Bad Batch and also in relation to Andor. And we got so much of this in Andor and it's, it's kind of exciting to see it in this show as much as it is a little bit sad but you had mentioned the zinger at the <laughs> end of the second episode so Clone Captain Wilco is talking to Admiral Rampart and they're discussing Wilco having seen Clone Force 99 and Rampart saying that's impossible they died on Camino, and Wilco saying that it was them And so Rampart is both so ingrained in the empire and so afraid of Tarkin that he asks Wilco to falsify the reports. And Wilco says no. And Rampart kills him. So the idea of falsifying those reports to cover mistakes that was such a huge part of Andor, it's the whole reason that the rebellion gets the hold. (laughs) We know that it ends up being the reason the rebellion gets the hold that it It can. Starting here and in this animated show that like maybe some Star Wars fans don't watch or like people don't often have a respect for animation, I thought was such a great use as sad as it was to see. But even the corruption animation is not safe from the. Complete corruption uh, that the Empire has on its
0: people. Yeah, I mean, that was like definitely a theme in this, and that was the theme in Tales of the Jedi 2. And I like it that they're pulling punches. Like, that was a pretty, pretty dark, brutal moment for a quote unquote, you know, cartoon. I-, I love that we keep coming back to that. Like, there's going to be more moments where Bad Batch proves over and over again that, like, it's not just what you think you know, the cover of the book is, you know?
1: Yeah, and tying in, making those little poetry moments between between this show and a show like Andor, I think is just so smart. And so Leonardo DiCaprio in that meme where he's pointing <laughs> at the TV, you know? <laughs> so Wilco won't do what Rampart orders him to do. And whether that's a function of the inhibitor chip programming, like you have to be ethical in that way. He follows protocol. Or if it's him... Or if it's him going against the inhibitor trip, I don't know. We had talked last time about like the inhibitor trips becoming more and more ambiguous, right? It's not like an on-off switch like I thought it was. So did Wilco say no because he, he has certain values or because he was programmed to follow protocol? We see it in the trailer when we finally meet up with Crosshair and Cody. Cody is beginning to question things and Crosshair says, any clones who question the motives of the Empire are traitors. We're again seeing more of sort of the maybe ambiguity of the inhibitor chip or clones kind of going against the inhibitor chip, which I think will be really interesting to see. Right now, it's a little confusing to me, but...
0: Yeah, I want them to write that out. I think it's a little bit of like a MacGuffin or, you know, like scapegoat. Like, I think in that moment, Wilco is just making a decision, period. I think the clones still have free will to a degree. And he's like, no, I'm going to follow protocol. Like, that's what we do. I don't just like make stuff up. Maybe I have this chip that makes me murder innocent people, but I also follow the normal protocol of day-to-day empire stuff. So I think that's just what stood out to him is like, uh, no, what you're doing is wrong. Not necessarily chip, chip related.
1: Well, I don't know, because the whole thing with the chips, when, when Order 66 was enacted, good soldiers follow orders. That was the, that was the line. So yeah, I'm not sure where I'm not sure where that actual line in the sand is, but it'd be interesting to see as we go forward. Do you have anything else
0: from this episode that stood out to you? They should have named these episodes so much stun gun and so much more stun gun. <laughs> I made a note every time there was stun gun because I was like, I'm gonna need these scenes later for a montage video. Nice. So I'm writing down these timestamps there's at least like a dozen or more times where they're stun gunning people. And I I, I love that. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> fun for the background of the characters that they don't want to actually kill other clones or even like people in general. Like they go to stun gun first, but they yeah. they really like hit on it hard. There's even a scene where like tech sniper stun guns someone. Like he really takes his time to stun them. Like they take the stun gun to a whole nother level. I also noticed that. And I really
1: love that. The whole idea that like they're used, they don't want to hurt their brothers because they know it's not their fault. But then also Wrecker makes that cannon and just starts, bl- like there's the scene where Wrecker and Hunter are in the trenches and like Hunter's stunning the clones. Yeah, it's a little Wrecker's just there, huh? using this cannon. i have so- a great cannon.
0: I'm a tank or whatever he,
1: whatever he says. Oh, great yeah, tank. yeah, yeah. So I thought that, that was, it was just a weird thing to
0: see. I get it, like, they need to do what they have to do to survive. Yeah, what, how do they know when they want to stun or when they actually need to shoot to kill? Like, again, that's like your inhibitor chip thing, dude. I think there's a couple of scenes here that, like, please don't read into them because you're gonna... I will! <laughs> the House of Cards will cave in faster than <laughs> you can realize. But yeah, maybe, like, tone down the stun gun then. Like, if it's all or nothing, mm. you know, like, it was impossible not to notice the, the heavy use of it. It's a great sound effect though. Yeah, totally. Also, sound effects, All right? Great. Thanks for bringing that up, Joe. Also <laughs> <laughs> smooth transition. The Death Star effect. Like that's always a classic. Uh if you wanted like get people's nostalgia going, like enter an empire base and play that <laughs> whatever that, that yep. sound effect is, that's a great one. Always wins. Did you notice those ships,
1: like the transport uh escort ships? I don't know if tie fighters are a thing yet, you know, in the ti- in this timeline of events, but yeah. they they kind of look and and they looked and sounded a little bit like proto tie fighters. Right, they're like
0: elongated tie fighters or whatever. Yeah, I have one note about the music, which is in general awesome. Like mm-hmm. shout out to uh Kevin Kiner. Yeah, shout out to Kevin Kiner for doing such a like incredible job for an animated series. There is A moment when they're like first doing the siege on Dooku's goods or whatever. And it sounded like the Trade Federation invasion on Naboo. And I don't know if Mm. it was like an original thing or if it was like a blend between an old John Williams theme and other Bad Batch original stuff. It was giving me a lot of those vibes. And I love that droid invasion on Naboo. It's like a classic prequel score in my mind. Yeah, good job, Kevin Kiner. Thank you. I get the Death Star... Siren and I get some themes from Phantom Menace, like like we were talking about, you know, previous episodes. Like bring in those themes. They're sneaking around, you know, that makes sense. Like they're gonna invade some place, bring in a theme that makes sense for that. And it was kind of rearranged to sound kind of sneaky, you know. I
1: love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I did not notice that, but I will I, now I want to go back and watch it again. I can't, I can't even like necessarily hear the theme that you're talking about, but I want to go back and watch it and see if I can pull it out. It's kind of a hard one to sing. It's like
0: oh, okay. Yeah. Something like that. But It's like a play it. off of it. It's not exactly the Phantom Menace score, but it's like like we were saying about some of the Andor stuff. It's like, this is kind of reminiscent of that. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I love that. You have mentioned this before with Star Wars, having like in general music through like the whole movie, you know? And I felt that a lot with these Bad Batch episodes, too. There's always moments punctuated by music, which makes it, it just works. It just works.
1: Yeah, even when they go into SIDS, the music kind of transitions between, like, the score of the show and, like, a jukebox in SIDS parlor playing mm-hmm. music, which I really, which I did notice and also really liked. I guess I'm getting more in tune to sort of bringing the music into the world, like with the band in Andor you know, when it's kind of transitioning from the score to in-world music. Mm -hmm. And when it's done really well, I thought that that was really cool. Right. And now for everyone's favorite segment, not so surprising question time. Where do you think we're going this season? Let's Mm. speculate wildly and uncontrollably. Mm. Got any theories? Got any little, you want me to go first? I've got I've got
0: four here. (laughs) You're normally not prepared. So when it's not a surprise, uh, you're prepared. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe I will kick it back to you. Like where they leave off, they were trying to get the treasure so they could be free. And they show that this Empire guy doesn't want it to get out, that the Bad Batch is alive. So the Bad Batch isn't Mm -hmm. quite like, quote unquote, free because they're broke, I guess, is the plot. The Empire thinks they're dead, but that one dude knows they're alive. So he's probably still going to be hunting them. Maybe he sends, like, Crosshair on a secret mission. I don't know. This It's going to be a lot like last season, man. I, I feel like this first episode had some of those nuggets of bigger world-building things, but the next episode could just be a Crypto the dog episode. Like, <laughs> for the whole season, I don't know. Like, that could be wild speculation. But I think the next episode or two, we're probably going to get some one-offs. I didn't read the titles. I would guess the next one or two are going to be just one-off mini-adventures rather than the, the huge world building. Uh, other than that, mm. I don't know if I can wildly speculate yet. But what, what are you thinking? Where is it going?
1: Well, to touch on a couple of things that you brought up, Clone Force 99 doesn't know that the Empire thinks they're dead. I'm sure that they think Crosshair immediately told, you know, Rampart and the other higher-ups that they're still alive. So in that way, Crosshair kind of falsified those reports. So he's probably going to be in trouble. So Rampart might, like, send Crosshair out to make up for sort of lying because now Rampart is on the line. Like, if Tarkin finds out that they're still alive, he's going to take it out on Rampart, not Crosshair. There's maybe some more depth there than there was in just, like, sending your bounty hunter out to catch the guys of the first season. Right. I'm not sure when it'll happen, But I don't think it should be taken lightly, Sid's conversation at the beginning of the first episode of sooner or later the Empire is going to find us, find this place, and my gig here is not going to work anymore. So she's expecting the Empire to come to Ord Mantell and stop her goings-on or take over her, Mm -hmm. all the stuff she has going on. So I wonder if that's going to happen. We're going to see the end of Sid, one way or another, whether the Empire takes her out or just takes her spot, and the Bad Batch not working with Sid anymore, but transitioning to working for or with Fee, who is, we know, like the pirate treasure hunter, whatever else she's got going on. They're going to need to continue doing stuff, making money, procuring goods, whatever they need to do to survive or fund the rebellion or whatever they're going to want to start doing. I would also, in that transition, love to see Sid go full Trandoshan on some Empire dudes we saw in season one with the Spice episodes. That she might be just as strong as Wrecker. I think there was some stuff in there where, like, she was carrying the crates, or it showed her level of strength. So I'd love to just kind of see her go feral on some troopers. But I think that that would be an interesting way for the series to go transition out from under Sid and and more to Fee, where experiencing more of the galaxy and treasure hunting and that kind of stuff. And maybe that's what gets them on the path of these Jedi. They cross paths looking for like force objects or whatever, keeping them from the Empire and stuff like
0: that. Yeah. I mean, just like the name of the show is Bad Batch. It's not Rebels, you know? So it's like Mm -hmm. there's a fine line between like, are they just going to start working for the rebel? Like, there's no way it's going to just be like, now the Bad Batch is a rebel cell. They're always going to have to be their own... Squad, whether they run into rebels or not, different story. But it's not going to be like rebels, the show, just like Andor Mm -hmm. isn't rebels, the show, but it does everything revolves around events that Andor sort of puts into play. I think that's the interesting quandary because think about a show like rebels or clone wars like you're following the same faction the whole time, they're kind of supporting the same overlords the whole time, too. You know, the Republic and the separatists, you know, the rebels and the empire. And now we have, like, the Bad Batch on the run from the Empire and occasionally other, you know, random mercenary people. So they they have to keep right. that formula going. So I don't know if they, like, joint, like you said, they might just start working for this other lady, you know, and that's it. I don't know how they could, like, really yeah. flip the script where you're like, now they're rebels. I don't think it's going to be that much of a reveal, sure. you know?
1: yeah. I was thinking more in line of like,
0: like I said, you know, starting the path or the beginning of stages of that kind of thing. Yeah, that would be a different line to go down that might make more sense. Like they still are connected right. to those, but they're they're doing something that rebels did not do. You know, that's mm-hmm. they've already figured this out, but I've not thought about it. That's the first thing coming to my mind is how do they just they can't meet up with Saw Gerrera, Bail Organa, even though we're like, it would be sure nice to see all these people. But <sighs> right. then it's just rebels, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's no real connection to those characters. But either way, that line from Sid really stuck out to me, like, as being important, what are they setting up here? She is waiting for the Empire to show up at any minute. Yeah,
0: that's a foreshadowing season
1: finale moment. Maybe, maybe it'll be the mid-season thing. Who knows? We'll see. And so that's really the main speculation that I had, besides like maybe them starting the beginning stages of the path. But just some kind of questions that I hope we touch more on throughout the season. The main one is, Kaminoans. Mm. Will, oh, yeah. like, are we going to see Nala Se? I'm sure we will, but what
0: will she be doing for the Empire? What does the Empire want her for? I will be impressed if the next episode, we continue with some big world ideas like that. Do we take an episode away from the Bad Batch? Like, they're traveling from A to B, and instead of hanging out with them, we hang out with Nala Se or whatever, or Palpatine, or do we actually dive into the plot? Or is next week going to be a villain of the week sort of thing, you know, or another heist or whatever, which is fun. I don't know. Maybe we just want too much. I just want it to be good. And I think the villain of the week is just a little too easy. But I suppose that in an episode of 16 seasons, like we mentioned last episode, I think like you're going to get a couple of those maybe sort of filler episodes. But I forgot about the Owens. I would love to catch up with that for sure.
1: Yeah, we all have lingering questions and I want to know more. And then another big one, I think, is what happens to the clones. We're seeing now something that really stood out to me in this episode was that it was all clones. Imperial occupation of Sereno means clones. We see Wilco not following Rampart's orders, and we see in Andor fully ingrained Imperials or maybe like the idea that conscription soldiers are willing to falsify reports and clones are not. And eventually... There are no more clones. So what does the Empire do eventually to the clones? I would love to see that. That might get a little too dark for something like this, but I don't know. An idea that's kind of been in the back of my mind since the Clone Wars is what would happen if the Empire turned off their inhibitor chips years later? Like would a bunch of clones come to their senses and realize that they betrayed all the people that they fought alongside for so many years during the Clone Wars? Again, stuff like that might get a little too dark, but I'm very curious to see maybe a progression of the of the question, what happens to the clones?
0: Yeah. All right, wild speculation. I want the Bad Batch to amass as many clones as it can. There, there's going to be a line that they say, we're going to need an army. And then Hunter's going to say, I know where we can find one or something stupid like that. And then they're going to enlist all these other clones. They'll find Hauser or whatever, Hoosier yep. Hauser. They'll have an army of their clone brethren, and that would be an epic scene. Whether that happens or not, who knows? And they can go on a Hail Mary suicide mission to, like, blow up, you know, some base and try to, like, free people. And you can bring in the Noans because Omega will be like, no, let's say we got to go back for her, you know, whoever. She's going to have sentimental attachment. Man, that could be a banger for a season finale, but... Ah, oh, that's a pretty wild one, though. An army of, of yep. freed, freed clones against the Empire. I would love that.
1: First of all, I'd like to point out that kudos to you for knowing his full name, Hooser Hauser. Uh, and <laughs> Second of all... Come on, is that it? No. <laughs> no, it is not it. Uh, it's just Hauser. <laughs> I, on one of our, I'm pretty sure on one of our early episodes of Krypton to Alderaan, I talk about the idea of how cool it would be to have a clone rebellion. Like very early on after the Empire turns off all their inhibitor chips or whatever they do, they come to their senses and realize that fighting back against the Empire, regardless of being able to survive, is what they have to do because they were made to betray the Jedi Mm -hmm. who they fought alongside them for years. They were their people. They Mm -hmm. were friends and family and whatever else. So I would love that. I don't think it'll happen in this show, but I would love a fan fiction. I would love a comic book. <laughs> I would love for that to happen. I love the clones. That's why I love these shows. I, I just really love the clones.
0: That's all I got. I think that's a perfect place to leave it. I just love the clones. All right, listeners, what do you think is going to happen in The Bad Batch? Are we going to get some filler or are we going to get some meat on the bone? We'd love to hear what you think is coming up next on season two and how you're enjoying the premiere so far. Of course, you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat. Do we Snapchat? (laughs) What's the new one? Hive? Hive. I got to remember the spiel. Hit us up wherever your social media. We are out there, Krypton to Alderon. We would love to hear from you. It really makes the show much more fun to do when we can interact with you, the loyal listener who made it to the end of the episode, Achievement Unlocked. Thank you so much for listening today. I have been Royce. I've been Wrecker. And we've been Krypton to Alderon. Krypton
1: to, All right. Krypton we to Alderaan. unlocked. Krypton